Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul coming at you live here on a Tuesday morning, March 28th. Oh my goodness, this month has evaporated. Hope everybody is doing well. We are walking through Matthew's gospel, and we find ourselves at the, at the onset here, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. So if you're new with us, what we do is we track a passage of Scripture during our mornings here, Monday through Friday, 10, 15 minutes every morning, and our study sort of culminates in the passage that we're going to be preaching that coming week. And um, we've been preaching through the Gospel of Matthew at Four Oaks, and what we're using these times for is not just to track with the passage, but to unpack it together and to, Lord willing, not just give you biblical information or, or disseminate teaching, although we're doing that, but is also to help give you the tools to study the Word of God for yourself. And so um, we are at that section in the Sermon on the Mount. This is still part of the introduction where Jesus has offered this invitation in the Beatitudes um, to say, do you want to experience the good life, the flourishing life? Do you want to be happy, blessed? Then, then align yourself with these kingdom values. That, that's, that's what he's done there. And our passage here um, is an incredibly familiar passage, and it's where Jesus is reminding us as followers of him, of his kingdom, who we are and the function that we play in the world. So let's read the passage and let's dig in. You are the salt of the earth. This is Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So if you've been with us, you know we talk about biblical interpretation as a set of concentric circles, where the center circle is the meaning of the text, and the outward circle um, is context, and we kind of work our way in. And this is important to remember, because as we, as we look at this passage, these are metaphors, clearly, that Jesus is using, pictures, but they're not ones that are super familiar to us. Or if, if, we, if we think they're familiar, um, we have to remember that what these things might mean to us might be different than what these things meant um, to the original readers. But because Jesus is using them, and here we're talking about salt and light as these metaphors of who we are, how we are to function in the world, um, these would have been immediately recognizable, right, to uh, the people at the time. It would be like using the word social media um, in our current culture or... Um, Democrats and Republicans in the political process. Everyone knows immediately, right, what those things mean and represent in our context in the same way for them. And so what I want us to do this morning is begin to, to make our way towards that inner ring by trying to understand the context of salt. A lot of times we want to jump immediately 
to how are we to be salt, right? Well, first we need to start with what was salt for in that day and culture and day and time? Um, what, what is Jesus even, even referencing here? And so for, for here, because I didn't grow up 2,000 years ago, neither did you, it was helpful to do a bit of research on this, okay? And so I, I went online, consulted a commentary devotional, this one by Kent Crockett. I don't know who that brother is, but this is really, really good. And, um, and I, and I did, did a little background research also, did, did some other, other research, but th th this was a good little resource. I'm, just, I'm using this one to show you that you can easily access this online yourself and you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to have, have 10 commentaries. You can find this same information in a study Bible. But what I found is that um, typically in that time, salt was used as a preservative, okay? Um, doesn't mean that salt wasn't used as a seasoning. It, it was. It, wasn't, it didn't mean that salt was, wasn't used as for medicinal purposes. It was. But the most common use of salt was to preserve food. So in a day and age where you didn't have freezers and refrigerators and all those sorts of things, there had to be a way of, of preserving uh, meat and other, other products that people would eat, particularly in a dry, arid culture. Now, we think of salt as the stuff that comes out of our salt shaker. Um, that's processed salt. But most likely, the salt that people in Palestine would use would come from the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea area, and it would be chunks of salt. So, for example, when we took a Four Oaks group over to Israel uh, several years ago and we went to the Dead Sea, um, you can literally float on top of the water, okay? Um, you're buoyed up by the water because of its high salt content. So there's salt everywhere, and salt would be mined like any other mineral, and there'd be chunks of it, and you would put it in a bag, and you would export it or sell it in the market, and you would use it to sort of pack your meat, pack your um, other food in. Well, the thing you did not want to have happen is for that bag of salt that you would have to get wet, okay? Because what would happen if it got wet it would dissolve, it would dilute. It's not that it ceased to become salt, it just was a very weak form of salt and was useless. And if that happened, you really couldn't use it, and so you didn't wanna dump it out, right, on the, on the grass, because it would kill grass, okay, because of the salt content, or it would kill vegetables or whatever else you're growing. So what would people do? They would dump it in the street, and just kinda like, just out with the wash, so to speak, right? And what would happen? It would get walked on, trampled, and uh, no good. So, so if you have that metaphor in mind, then this metaphor begins to make sense, okay? Because a lot of times people would look at this and say, okay, now we are the salt, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything. It's to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Well, Pastor Paul, that's obviously uh, saying that we can lose our salvation. Well, that, that's not what it's saying at all, right? What it's saying, okay, is by definition, as people who trust in Christ, who are part of his kingdom, we are salt, okay? Nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. We are salt. It's part of our chemical composition, so to speak. 
we are believers. However, there is a sense in which we are more or less at different points in our time effective in our job of preservation. So if we think about the world as a dying, decaying place, which it is, okay, it's moving towards disorder, towards chaos, towards sin, what Jesus says here is that we are in fact, okay, um, the preservative of a decaying culture. We are, we are ones that by our gospel presence, our gospel message, we are a retardant against the decay. However, if we are worldly, if we are fleshly, if we, are, if, if, if we have become diluted in our effectiveness because we look more like the world than like the values of the kingdom, then we will not have a strong preservative function, okay? Doesn't mean that we cease to become salt, it's just that we are so diluted, so watered down, so carnal that we are of little practical importance just to be sort of, we're, we're, we're like the dissolved salt that's thrown into the street and trampled underfoot, okay, if, if that makes sense. So, so understanding this whole idea helps us see then how this relates to us. We are the salt of the earth, okay? as individuals. And I think here the focus is on individuals. Now, we are the collective body of Christ, okay? But remember, we gather as God's people and then scatter. And I think it's in this scattering that we most um, effectively exercise our salt-like function. Now, we're going to talk about light in just a minute, I mean, uh, in the next couple of days. And, and I think this is where there's a sense in which there's a corporate witness but here, I think salt is spread, salt is disseminated, salt is, 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 is sort of tossed to and fro. It's not meant to stay in one spot. It's meant to season, to preserve, to spread out. And in the same way, our witness as believers is one of salt. Um, by the virtue of the fact that we walk in truth with the steps of the gospel, we bear the fruits of the Spirit, we walk by the Spirit, we have values, and this is where the Beatitudes, this connection to the Beatitudes is crucial. As we embody these Beatitudes, um, we will um, act as a preservative around for the chaos and decay that's happening around us. So, so who you are in the office, who you are in the classroom, who you are uh, with, your, with, your, with your roommate, um, who, who you are in your marriage, all, all these things... Um, as you embody the values of the kingdom, the Beatitudes, they act as a preservative. They act to keep relationships and institutions and people from degenerating into further chaos, right? Or worldliness. By the same token, when we don't serve as that function of salt, when we are diluted and dissolved and watered down, you can quickly see how this impacts to a, in a negative way the culture around us, right? So when we look like the world, it's going to be impossible to be a preservative against the world. And um, which is why when you see the witness and influence of Christians in a particular culture or society like ours begin to wane, begin to be diluted, begin to be um, um, sort of, you know, watered down, 
then the society and the culture around us begins to follow suit. Okay. There's nothing in our, in, in to sort of keep the, the process of decay from happening. So when you think, put all that together, then we can understand a little better, right? What Jesus means when he says, you are the salt of the earth, right? Um, and we want to be thinking about how is my influence, my gospel presence, um, shaping and preserving and upholding every relationship, institution, interaction that I find myself a part of. And you may say, well, Pastor Paul, my, my, just what, 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 what kind of preservative can one piece of salt like myself exercise? Well, you may think, well, not much, but it's like voting, but all together as the body of Christ, the, the Christian's presence is a powerful preservative in the culture. Okay, tomorrow we're going to talk about how Christians are also not just salt preserving, but light showing the way. All right, let's pray. Lord, we do want to be salt. We do want to be effective. We don't want to, to be diluted or dissolved or watered down. We want to be fruitful witnesses for you, preserving every culture, relationship, person, that institution that we touch with our presence. So Lord, give us grace in this. Um, empower us today to be your people on mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.